On today's show, Predators report cards continue with Cody Glass. What did we learn about him this season, and how do we feel about him as a top six center moving forward? Plus, we'll take a look at Cole Smith's season. Is he worth all of the fan backlash? That is a question we'll look when we talk about his game and his future with the Preds today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making us your first day always. The shell of you loyal locked on Pred heads who join us every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime who is pouring one out for the beloved Seattle Kraken this morning. I am. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com, and I just am so disappointed yeah. and proud. Disappointed and proud, but mostly disappointed i also the the topic we discuss is is it way too easy for an expansion team to get really good really fast i'm curious i think that is such a great topic because of course that is what you're seeing you know on on twitter and stuff people saying oh you know it's the easy way to get to uh you know, to get further in the playoffs and all this kind of stuff but look i don't you look at the seattle kraken though and I think this is a team that didn't get there necessarily because they were an expansion team with this huge advantage. I think it's a team that got there because everybody did their job. Like everybody worked hard. There was a lot more depth. I mean, they went a completely different way than the way the Vegas Golden Knights did it. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that. Uh, That is definitely a topic I think we need to discuss. We should, uh, yeah. In the future. uh, Because that's two really deep playoff runs by a team in their first or second season now. Before we get into Pred stuff, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, we are continuing Predators report cards this week, and we got a couple of good ones to get to Mm. today, probably for two very different reasons. (laughs) We will start with the man who is tearing up the world championships right now out in your one of your favorite places, Riga, Latvia. Let's go. And that is Cody Glass. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who has had an interesting season. Uh, Of course, came over with a lot of fanfare, came over in the Ryan Ellis trade, a former sixth overall pick. A lot of Preds fans thought maybe we have something special here in the middle of the lineup. Path to get here wasn't easy. Finally, towards about the halfway point this season, got a full-time role in the top six. Get into some of the stats in a little bit, but first, Anne, I'll ask you, your one word to describe a Cody Glass's season. All right, so I didn't, of course, go with one word because we make that we make our own rules. We're, yeah. we're as my son said when he was four. I'm my own man. I do my own thing. So damn right. That's what we're doing here. So I'm actually going to describe his season with a scene from a movie that you haven't seen and that we are going to fix, okay. and that is Pretty Woman. Okay. 
So Cody Glass this season is the parallel to the scene where Vivian Ward, Julia Roberts, gets busted for dressing kind of scandalously in the hotel. And Bernard Thompson from the Regent Beverly Wilshire calls his friend Bridget at in women's clothing and sends her over to get her outfitted in appropriate beautiful clothes. And I feel like that's what we saw happen with Cody Glass. Like, I feel like he kind of came in to this season, a lot of ups and downs, not a hundred percent sure. How is this going to pan out? He, I mean, you talk about somebody who's had a rough trajectory to the start of his NHL career and how is he going to fit in? And is he going to turn into what everybody hoped he would be when he came over to the Predators in that trade? And I think at the end of the season, we see Cody Glass sitting in the beautiful black sequin dress with his long curly hair over one shoulder at the bar waiting for, you know, waiting for uh, Richard Gere to show up. I, I feel like, you know, he has got the nice clothes. He had the lesson in table manners and now he's ready to go to the business dinner. Feel like I need to see Pretty Woman because all of that just went over my head. You don't e you don't even know like that little scene like. I, the yeah. only scene I know from Pretty Woman is the uh, where Richard Gere's got the jewelry box and then oh. snaps it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so much, friend. So much you're missing. Yeah. You're better than this, Nick. Come on. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. Uh, my one word for Cody Glass is Robbie. And there's a personal story with here. So I had okay. a, a childhood friend uh named robbie who we all thought was kind of boring and the reason he was kind of boring was because we found out later like hanging out at his house he had super overprotective parents okay like hella overprotective like you know he wasn't he was like the kid that wasn't allowed to go out like at night you know he had to be like at home for like you know, do his studies and stuff like that. There was no like hanging out with like high school friends or anything like that. You know, he goes out, he had to come back at the same time. He wasn't allowed to drive. I think until he was like 17, uh, he didn't have a cell phone. Uh, like like the, there was like a community cell phone, like super overprotective. Um, and we found out later in college, he went to a different college than I did, but he went to college and basically became a party animal. Like <laughs> he was so, like he yeah. was just hanging out like every weekend doing all this cool stuff and you know lost touch but I like checked in on like Instagram recently and he's like doing like all these like worldwide trips mm. and like all of this cool stuff and I think back and it's like how, oh man like how much life would he have lived sooner if his mm. parents had just let him off the leash a little bit, oh, I know. like let him live, like, you know, not be so <laughs> overprotective, let him come out of his shell. That seems like Cody glass this season, doesn't it? Mm. Like once, like, you know, I think you and I and both would describe, uh, you know, the way David Poyle and John Hines can kind of managed in the past two years is maybe treating him with kids gloves. Mm hmm um you know like oh you know we, we want what's best for his development or oh you know he made a mistake so now we gotta bench him for three games so he can you know get his get his mind right once the predators finally just said screw it like we're putting you out there you're you're in our top six that's when we saw cody glass really become you know flashes of the player 
I think a lot of Preds and Golden Knights fans thought we would see when he was picked with the six overall pick a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. Like I, I, I get what you're, I get what you're putting down. I do go back to, and, and again, this is all pure speculation. Would he have developed the way he did this season if they had just pushed him through those moments? Like it's, it's hard to know for sure. And, and I know you and I may differ on, on this, but yeah. I do look back and I'm like, you know, did he need those step back moments to be able to move forward this season? I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I think Maybe. the thing is, depends on who you ask, uh, because, you know, Cody Glass, you talk about it in his interviews and he's like, yeah, you mm -hmm. know, I really needed that. Mm -hmm. You talk, you hear Ellie Dolvenin in his interviews in Seattle say, nah, screw that. That hurt me. <laughs> like that kept yeah. me from really growing as a player to not have those chances. So I guess it kind of depends on who you are and it's not one size fits all approach. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I do believe that for young players to grow, they need to screw up. Like they yes. need to have room to go out there, make a mistake, lead to a goal and say, wow, that sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hope I don't do that again the next shift. And, yeah. you know, if there is a confidence thing, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're seeing like he's really hard on himself or playing too tight, you know, for the rest of the game. Maybe that's when he sent him down. It's like, all right, man, let's like, let's just, let's just reset things. It just seems like for Cody glass, and some other young players in this roster, including Ellie Tolvin. And it just seems like that leash came like real quick. Like, yeah. you know, if it was a problem after a while, then, you know, you sit him for a few games, you, you know, send him back to Milwaukee if you need to. But, you know, it just seemed like, you know, one mistake in a game where a lot of people made a lot of mistakes. And sure. then all of a sudden, you know, he's back on the bench for the rest of the game. That to me, I think it was maybe too short of a leash. Mm. I can I can see that. It's interesting though because so much about that narrative changed towards the end of the season and and that is because of circumstance. You know, yeah. you you run out of people to bench at some point, but you saw it like I think of you so Parson and he had moments like that where he, you know, made a mistake that led to a goal, but then you can see him come right back out and kind of keep moving forward with that. So it is interesting to think about okay, what does each player need? You know, and when do you push them through that and when do you pull back from that? And and it is interesting. And like you said, Cody Glass says, you know, he he doesn't grumble about it. Ellie Tolvanen had big feelings about it. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's different from different players. I think yeah. it, I think it hurts the development of some. I think maybe it helps the development of others. Um, you know, it's not a one size fits all approach. And I think we we've seen that with the Nashville Predators, not just this season, but I think over the past when it's come to some other players as well. True. Uh, what did we learn about Cody Glass this season? And more importantly, what did Cody Glass learn about Cody Glass this season for all of the ups and downs? Plus, do we think he is the guy that the Preds can maybe build around on that middle of the lineup? Somebody that can maybe be a top six center for years to come. We'll debate that in just one second. But first, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Going to sporting events and movies and theaters and comedy shows, that's fun. Buying tickets to all those stuff, that sucks. 
That's stressful. You see just random fees popping out here. I bought tickets to something the other day uh, and I had like $60 worth of extra fees added onto it. That is why I probably should have just used Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And they have killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee that it lets you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you had. Got Nashville SC playing a home game tomorrow. Last-minute tickets for that. Just checked. Available for about 20 bucks if you want to get into the stadium. So check out Game Time and see what kind of deals they have available to you. You don't need to plan for this stuff months in advance. Game Time has tickets on or deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and they have flash deals for the tickets on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, hockey, much more. And they have the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference plus you get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly where you're sitting and exactly what to expect when you arrive and no need to sift through all those old emails to find tickets to your events just two snap or two taps on your phone and they will be uploaded directly to your phone so snag the tickets without all the stress download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Ann, we're talking about Cody Glass and the up and down season he had. You know, the very, very up towards the end, but getting there was kind of a journey. You asked him an interesting question uh, in the locker room cleanout day. I did. So got to talk to the players. And the question that I wanted to know from Cody Glass is, what did you learn about yourself through this season? Because let's face it, like you said, it was an up and down season for him. And this is what uh, Cody Glass had to say. Just, you know, being consistent, um, you know, just working my butt off. And I was telling Emma that, you know, I just tried making the team this year. I didn't have any expectations. I wanted to play all 82 games and you know, it didn't happen, but um, I just wanted to make the team and for me to kind of be in a role that I was at the end of the year, something I never expected. I never expected to be nominated for an award. I didn't expect anything like that. So, you know, it was kind of a, um, just a dream come true, really just kind of have a role on this team. And uh, I'm super thankful and I will never take this for granted. That's for sure. Uh, you love that response, don't you, Ann? Oh, my gosh. I mean, Cody Glass could say the alphabet, and I would probably love that response. But yeah, I do. And I think this is somebody who learned a lot this season, who learned a lot about how to play in the NHL. And again, we've talked about, you know, he was drafted. I mean, he's drafted with Kale McCarr. I mean, he was the sixth overall pick, the expectations so high. Big injury, COVID, recovering by himself. Trade came out of nowhere for him. I mean, this is somebody who has really been through it in his young season. And so I feel like at the end of the season, we see Cody Glass getting his footing and loving kind of where he's at and where he's going. And I think his attitude, like he said, you know, I, I don't take this for granted. I think this is somebody who ended the season really hungry. Okay. But but in a good place. And, and I love that for Cody Glass. I really do. 
Yeah, we talked about this in the last segment. You know, it was just you heard in a soundbite. He was just so focused on making the team. Mm-hmm. We saw that emotional scene in the uh, the, the Predators preseason uh, TV series that was out there. We saw his emotional moment when he found out he made the team. Uh, you know, we know he kind of bounced in and out of the lineup. And I think once he realized, okay, I'm here, like I have a spot, like once he earned his spot, that is when I think we really saw him focus on, okay, I'm here. Now I can focus on just going out and using my skill set to help this team win. Uh, 14 goals, 21 assists this year for 35 points in the 72 games. Uh, the bulk of that came in the second half of the season, which is, I think, a very big thing because the Predators were really starved for players who can consistently contribute down the stretch. Mm-hmm. We saw his ice time go up. Remember, we were kind of hesitant about Cody Glass, you know, for whatever reason, playing more than 12, 13 minutes a game at the start of the season. Uh, he ended up, I'm not exactly sure what the average was, but I think down the stretch, it was somewhere around like 17, 18 minutes a game, which is, you know, kind of numbers like Mikhail Granlin was, mm-hmm. was getting while he was here. So you're starting to see, you know, as he's being more consistently used in the lineup, that is when we saw his play really take off. And that kind of leads me to this question. And, you know, he, he's 24 years old at this point, I think maybe kind of a late bloomer in his mm-hmm. development a little bit in, in for at least for a top 10 pick, but have you seen enough from Cody glass this past season to look at his game and say, okay, the trajectory towards being a top six guy, the Preds can build around is there. I think the trajectory is there. And I think there's more growth that needs to happen to get to get him there. He started towards the beginning-ish of the season when he became more regular in the lineup. You saw him play on a line with Duchesne and Forsberg. And there were some amazing things that happened when he was with those guys. And then you see him at the end of the season where he is playing with, you know, some guys from Milwaukee. You know, he's he's kind of the more experienced guy on the line and you see him creating things there. And it gives you a a moment of going, is this a player? And this is something you and I have talked about. Is this a player who is making his line mates better? who's not relying on his line mates to make his game better. But is this somebody who eventually is going to get to a point where he is going to improve who is playing with him? And I think we saw glimpses of that with Cody Glass. Now, still kind of early in this new chapter for him. You know, so I, I, you know, I hesitate to say, yes, this, this is, this is the guy, but I think we're seeing signs that Cody Glass could be that guy. He could be that guy. And in a rebuild, I think by default, he's kind of going to end up being that guy. What he does with that is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. I uh, should also mention a uh, second on the team in power play goals. Come this on. Past year. So that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Cody Glass becomes. I think a lot of people were thinking like, you know, not up to his level, but the Joe Thornton kind of power forward center where just kind of the big body uh, can kind of controlling your way in front of the net, but still had the skill and the hands to set people up. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's, he's sort of a version of that, just like, you know, a really good, like top of the lineup center. 
I don't know if he's like going to ever be the guy that's okay. The, the number one center in the league, the guy that goes against right. you know, Nathan McKinnon and can outduel him. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. Although I will say whenever he was on the ice against some of the other team's top players, he held his own, not he only did. held his own, but that's, you know, played very well outplayed some really good opponents at times. Yeah. We definitely saw glimpses of him having a next level to his game. Now we just need him to get there consistently, but I, I think we have potential. And one of the things that I noticed this season and in Cody glass mentioned this at locker room clean out is he feels like, you know what? I left some goals on the ice. Like yeah. I didn't finish. And <laughs> we've talked about Don't that. Worry, everybody did it. Welcome to the Nashville Predators. Yeah. But I think if you see him improve in that, you are going to see next level Cody Glass next season. And I think it's going to be a heck of a fun thing to watch. Yeah. This, and once the scoring gets there, uh, yes. I think I think we'll really see what Cody Glass is capable of. Uh, a really good player. And it'll be interesting because he is probably going to have a chance barring uh, an unexpected trade somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to really be the chance to kind of be you know, an option for that number one guy. Barry Trotz spoke very highly of him in Barry Trotz's introductory press conference. It, it seems like John Hines ha has kind of gotten to the point where he trusts him. So once all these big guns return back to the lineup, I still think Cody Glass is in a position where you're going to see him as the guy. And I think next season is going to be a good indicator to see not only where he's at, Mm -hmm. but where the Nashville Predators are as a team, because they're going to need somebody to be that number one guy down the middle. Yeah, they are. And, and you know what? It could be Cody Glass. It could be. Yeah. You know who's one guy that I don't think it's going to be, Anne, <laughs> but who's still going to be on the team? Oh, that, gee. <laughs> that is Cole Smith, uh, the guy who is, God bless him, maybe became the social media pariah of the Nashville Predators this season. How much of that was deserved? And is Cole Smith going to have a place on this team next season? We'll get to that in just one second. First, want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Athletic Greens. Look, if you've listened to this podcast, you know Nick and I are huge fans of Athletic Greens and their amazing product, AG1. If you are somebody that's struggling with health and you want to take some steps to feel better, you need to look into AG1. It is a supplement that tastes great easy to use, makes so much more sense than all of the pills and vitamins and minerals that we've all probably got gathered in our cabinets. So what is this AG1 stuff? Well, with one scoop of AG1, you're going to absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus. So AG1, simple thing to incorporate in your life. You take one scoop, you mix it into a glass of water, drink it in the morning, and you're done. You've gotten everything in you need to improve your health. And here's what's really important. It tastes great. You're not going to mind adding this into your daily routine. 
It's lifestyle friendly. So if you're committed to eating gluten-free, dairy-free, or if you're paleo or vegan, this is a product that you can incorporate with no problem. And it contains less than one gram of sugar. It has no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And like I said, this is something that tastes great. It's going to cost you less than $3 a day, which is about what you're going to spend every afternoon trying to get that coffee to get you going again. When you take AG1, you're going to notice you don't need that three o'clock coffee anymore. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. Again, just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different bottles in your cabinet and supplements to count them out, to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann, let's continue player report cards with Cole Smith. Uh, now, this was a guy, you know, let's, let's get up front. Any other season. Maybe mm-hmm. any other season, five years in the past. This is a guy that gets called up and nobody really says much of anything. No. Uh, other than, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, good yeah. story. You know, like mm-hmm. like the way he plays. Yeah. Because of everything that's gone on this year, he came into the lineup and fans have basically used him as a whipping boy for every roster disagreement they have with the team we're going to get into how much of that is warranted in a second but first and uh one word to describe cole smith's season so my one word to describe cole smith's season is black coffee look it's something that gives you energy gives you a little bit of a boost kind of carries you over briefly but it's not fancy like a frappuccino you know it's not fancy like a mocha it's not like coffee with some schmoozy creamers in it it is black coffee you know, it helps. That's kind of where I see Cole Smith's season. Like black coffee gives you energy. It helps, but it's yeah. not super fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I was going to go food at home. Oh, you yeah. know, when you're like, when you know, when you're like, you're the parent and your kids are in the backseat and you pass the McDonald's. It's like, oh, mom, can we stop at McDonald's? And it's like, we don't need that. We have food at home. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> let's be honest, the food at home is actually not bad, like pretty good. Uh, you know, it's just not McDonald's. And I think mm-hmm. Cole Smith was the food at home because a lot of people <laughs> wanted, you know, Ellie Tolvin in in the lineup or you know wanted more consistent Cody Glass or they wanted to reach back into the Milwaukee pipeline and give somebody like Igor Avanasiev a chance mm-hmm. but when you look at Cole Smith's game I mean he's fine yeah like did did the role he was expected to do 17 points in 69 games as a depth guy mm-hmm. which is you know pretty much what you kind of want to see from a guy consistently playing on your fourth line yeah uh i mean like like i said i i don't think a lot of the backlash about cole smith was his play i think it was just who he wasn't you know the fans wanted mm. somebody a little bit more dynamic somebody who maybe was going to have a future spot on this team long term I think that is where the, a lot of the Cole Smith backlash came in. But to be clear, Cole Smith, the player, 
in terms of, you know, and again, we had this conversation with some other players in terms of what he was expected to do, played the role he was expected to do pretty well. Yeah. And I go back to, we've done a report card on Yakov Trenin and it was the same kind of narrative. Like this is somebody who you think, Hey, let, let be great to see a little bit more from, but he did what you needed him to do. And it's interesting to me that the, the vibe with the fan base around Yakov Trenin was very, very different than Cole Smith. And I think you're right. You used the analogy previously when we talked about Cole Smith, he's like the jelly that the couple argues over. When really it's not about yeah. the jelly. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. are problems in the marriage and in the, but the big blow up is over the wrong kind of jelly. And yeah. that, that I think is the perfect analogy for, for Cole Smith this season because yeah. he did what you needed him to do. Yeah. Cole Smith is like the couple that, you know, gets into a fight over the wrong card drawn during a game night or something like that, or a missed <laughs> answer. It, yes. it's, it's it's like the the game of Pictionary that devolves into a divorce. You know, it, it's it's like it's like you know. I think the game itself probably wasn't a big deal. You just know there's something really deep rooted uh, yes. that's making this just kind of the apparatus for the fight, and that's Cole. Smith. And I get it. Like I get the you know stuff like that. Cole Smith is. You know, a, a bottom line player may be better suited for, you know, an AHL or sort of an extra man fill in role, not somebody you want to see get playing time over the likes of an Ellie Tolvanen or Cody Glass or anybody else that was kind of in the roster at that time. We've talked about the issues with that and how we feel about John Hines making those kinds of decisions. <coughs> But for Cole Smith, the individual, I think you have to look at it as an individual level. And that's when you see, okay, like he mm -hmm. he did his role. The question for you, Anne, is, is he still going to have that role next season or now that we've seen some of these more dynamic people come into the lineup and play very, very well? Once people start coming back from injury and that roster gets full again, is there still going to be a spot for Cole Smith or is John Hines going to have to look at this and say like, okay, we, we got to do some things different now. I think so much has to do with the Predators being in this reset, because like you said, you bring back some of these healthy players like Forsberg and Duchesne, you get them back into the lineup, Joe Hansen, if he is still here back in the lineup, but then you also want to have space to bring up some of these young guys that we saw at the end of the season, maybe Joachim Kamel, who we didn't see this season. Is there going to be a space for Cole Smith? Because if you are looking at a reset, you want to develop these players. And, and I think it's a valid question. I do think there's more we could see from Cole Smith that might give him more security as far as ice time. I think there's more in his game that he could, that he could do. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he's going to be a top six fella, but I think that there's more that he can do that maybe will keep him as a regular part of the Predators lineup. But I think if you are John Hines or whomever is the coach and you're resetting, that's one of those players where you're like, long-term, are we better off investing in somebody younger with that ice time than we are in somebody who maybe we don't see 
as a long-term piece for the Predators. So I, I think yeah. he's one of the players where this reset is going to be very interesting. And it's one of those players who you're going to have to do some things this offseason and in training camp because you could be one of the fringe fellas. Yeah. And the Predators re-signed him to one of those kind of contracts that it's like, if you make the team, awesome. If you don't, we, you know, back to Milwaukee, you go. Right. With with limited consequence for that. And I think that's that's exactly how it should be. Uh, I think, you know, if Cole Smith at this point, uh, if he's either a fourth line guy or one of those guys that comes in when somebody's hurt or just to give some people, you know, a day off or to get a different look in the lineup. I think that's a very good role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say if we're having this conversation next year and Luke Evangelista is down in the minors and uh, Phil Tomasino was being healthy scratched and Cole Smith is kind of an everyday contributor then 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 we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen only because surely the direction is clear? Like surely the reset rebuild direction is clear enough. That's that's the thing. Like yeah. I think, I think that John Hines during this quote-unquote evaluation with Barry Trotz is going to have some very clear instructions for what this next year, the Nashville Predators is going to look like. And uh, I, I would not be surprised if there were maybe some uh, quote unquote changes Mm. to how John Hines handles the roster a little bit. And if that doesn't happen, I would not be surprised to see some quote unquote changes Mm. to who's behind the bench for the Nashville Predators uh, at a certain point next season. So, so yeah, I, I think, I have more confidence that that's not going to happen next year. Plus, I think the Predators' priorities have changed. Last year, you're doing everything you can to make a playoff run, have less patience for development. This year, you you have a little bit more free time. Yeah, you're all in on development more than you're all in on deep playoff run. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. More player report cards coming up this week on the Locked on Predators podcast. Plus, NHL draft is just around the corner and tickets went on sale last week. We will have some draft coverage starting up, including some players the Predators could draft with both of their top first round picks. Plus, what do we think the strategy will be with all of those extra picks. Are they going to use them all to actually draft people or maybe shuffle them out, move up, maybe trade for somebody? We'll see. lot to get to. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me at underscore NS Morgan on Twitter. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. As a reminder, Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. Just search Locked on Predators on whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Predators to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We will see you tomorrow for another all new episode.